It aired on TBS for two years, from 2016 to 2017. Then, it took a few years off, and finally made its move to HBO, where seasons three and four just came out this year. Season three came out this summer, and then season four was shot at the beginning of 2020 and was released at the very beginning of 2021. So did they shoot it concurrently? No. So season three was actually commissioned by TBS, but it was never released. I'm talking, of course, about Search Party. It's developed quite the cult following over the last few years, and it's a fucking weird show. Yeah, did the tri- least. <laughs> did the title trick you? Yeah, I thought that this was just going to be, like, kind of a comedy, but it's a weird, like, horror comedy drama, like, show. Well, if you, it's kind of distressing if you think about it. Search yeah. parties are the worst type of party. Can we right. agree on that? Yeah. And when I began my research on the show, I was very intrigued because... The show's premise has a lot more depth and nuance than just some Michael Showalter regular comedy like Wet Hot American Summer, Michael and Michael. He's done a thousand things. And from the previously, I could tell that there was much more of a psychological look at the characters than I thought there would be. Like, apparently they killed someone named Keith Powell, uh, but Dory and Drew weren't charged with the murder. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get into how much of the backstory you were able to discern because you just started up on season four, episode one, and you watched episode three because that's how it was released, three episodes at once. It's interesting because TBS actually didn't release them weekly when it was airing it. What do you mean? Like, did they release they, them back They to back dumped or? them all out oh. online on their platform for the first season. In the second season, they started to do a few every week, but then they decided to change it up and just dump the rest of the second season. So it was never developing enough of a cult following to actually show up in the numbers. But on the internet, you have... A great response. So did they actually air it on TV, though? Yes, for the first two seasons. But now that HBO's picked it up, it's kind of changed the marketing strategy. So a lot of people came into the show thinking, okay, this is just going to be a comedy. But what I quickly realized just from the research was that it shifts tones and genres season to season, scene to scene. It's much more complex and has a narrative flow. If you compare it to comedies like Children's Hospital, for instance... That'll be a satire, and it'll make fun of something for a second, and then flip to something else, and the character's decisions won't make sense, and it'll just kind of be a skit-by-skit basis. Well, this show is very plot-based in development, and it does have a message behind it, and the characters have to have some rationality for all their decisions. So immediately, I was like, wow, this seems much more interesting than just the normal, you know, slapstick comedy. So... I pulled kind of a Stephen King and Adam Scott, and I binged it. Both those people came out saying that they binged the show. Wait, you binged the show? I binged the first three seasons, so I could better understand it when we had this podcast. I was planning on doing something like that for the other podcast, because you didn't tell me about that, but I was planning on doing that one of these Well, days. it's so wonky. This, this show is, it skews the plot every single season. So the first season is supposed to be a mystery, right? Yeah. And they even, like promoted it that way by every single title um, picture poster that they put out would be a Nancy Drew type uh, book cover. Yeah, right. And then, so it was kind of innocent and you had the Scooby-Doo like gang as they like to <laughs> yeah. put it. But then by season two and season three, it became much darker. Yeah, and season four is pretty dark as well. Well, actually season four, they're supposed to have lightened it up 
a little bit because in season two, they're covering up a body that they had murdered. And it sounds funny in premise and they do use comedy a lot, but it's a super dark comedy and there are some emotional scenes in there. And the main character, Alia Shawkat, who is Dory Seif in the show, mm-hmm. she's uh, grown up in Brooklyn. So she was familiar with the territory that the show takes place. I, I was going to ask, is this season also in New York? Uh, it's it changes in different places um, because Dory is not I'm not sure where she is. Yeah, she's kidnapped at the end of the season three. Right finale. by this by this he's supposed to be the comic relief, but he's also this incredibly crazy guy named Chip. Yeah, and Chip, Chip was introduced last season, but we were led to believe that he had died. Oh, okay. That he so. had been hit by a car. He's kind of a stalker who became very interested in Dory's life and her friends after they were committed to the trial for the murder of keith right yeah, yeah. and and i think that they're making fun of old boy in the show because yeah, not only old boy but that's a good that's a good comparison too because she's being held captive right and she's getting fed through this little tiny door that like is what happened in old boy as well yeah there are a number of references and homages in this show it it doesn't stop there you have misery mm-hmm. so yeah. it's funny that stephen king is a fan of the show right yeah you have room you have <laughs> You have the Silence of the Lambs. And then I was thinking just by, because those were all ones that the show writers had talked about. But this is kind of like Split as well, right? Yeah, I was going to even bring that one up. Because Does Chip have a multiple personality disorder? Or? Two. He's posing as his um, grandma, I think. And so, <laughs> so it's also sort of the Bates Motel-ish type right. thing. But, he's not, but he doesn't think that he's his grandma. It's just his grandma died, so he has to dress up like her to like talk to people. And go yeah, out. that's perfectly normal. Yeah. Tell me what happened, though. Does he like torture her? Yeah, at the very beginning, she's strapped to a chair. And the first scene we see from her, uh, we see that he's basically torturing her. And then I believe... Well, how so? Well, he's like hurting her because she's strapped up to... Uh, so it, like, the, in the previous season, he had kidnapped one of her friends during a wedding, Portia, who you probably right, yeah, saw. We, yeah. And he poured honey, honey all over her, and he was about to release these rats. Oh, nothing, nothing that crazy. He, she's just tied up to a chair, and then Chip is trying to really become friends with Dory. It's like it's almost like the Jesse Plemons in Breaking Bad. Well, where, Stockholm syndrome, to her, sort of. Right. He's trying to get her to like him. Yeah, where it's like he's really trying to become friends with her, and Dory, of course, in this situation, is creeped out and like not wanting anything to do with him but having to trick him into believing their friends so that she can leave or... it's a mystery show so you do have a lot of red herrings that are presented but in season three when they started introducing him you would only see these flashes in some episodes of him getting say a tattoo with dory's name on his mm-hmm. hands and they did so much prep work for him that when he just suddenly died because he was hit by a car at the wedding in season three very abrupt yeah it, it felt well it wasn't as much abrupt as it just felt like one of those oh i guess the show tricked me mm-hmm. yeah, but really it was still it was still he going was still to there continue him. and yeah. i think that continue his character she's placed inside a room where it's completely fake but i believe it's a replica of her actual room but for example you mean her the, apartment building yeah she shares an apartment with drew right but everything is incredibly soft and what i mean by that is like the walls are made out of wool the shower doesn't work there's no sharp objects so she can leave in fact in the first episode she ends up like kind of dragging yeah, i think everything was made into felt yeah from what it, i was understanding that's exactly it and um in the first episode she almost gets away because she drags chip 
through the door where he's leaving food from and holding a pen up to his neck. Because he's pretty skinny for a guy yeah. to kidnap her. But yeah, he kind of knocked her out. Yeah, and then, uh, but she doesn't know the code to leave. Mm-hmm. So then in the end, she can't really do anything and she goes back into the place and just go- starts going stir crazy. And the reason why I brought up Old Boy is because he passes her apples to eat every day and she takes the sticker off of them and puts them on the door to symbolize like how long she's been there for. And one of the creepiest parts, I guess, of the whole entire story wasn't even really a scene as much as like this quick five second thing where you see one sticker on the door turn to like 60 because she's been there for so long so she's been there 60 days what have her friends been doing during all this time her friends think because chip has been using instagram to and like photoshopping pictures mm-hmm. of her saying that she's in europe oh so he's like time. making an excuse for yeah her. you even see him in a bathtub it's like, funny because laptop. when they murder keith she goes to keith's apartment finds his laptop and emails out to his family like an apology for his absence and basically so, says i love you to his daughter so the idea of trying to keep up appearances and make people less suspicious, it's very opposite of season one where Chantel, the missing girl who kicks off this entire show, um, doesn't leave any sign of her disappearance. Yeah, whatsoever. and I was just going to say that the beginning of season four might be doing a callback to season two, what you're talking about, because again, it's doing it to the opposite of the character. Yeah, there's something to be said about Dory kind of reaping what she sowed, because all of last season, we basically saw her kind of ditch her humanity and become this empty shell of a denial person who doesn't actually believe she did anything wrong. And she's so far distanced from her original character that this is sort of like a comeuppance season, I think, for her. And all of her friends are starting to hate her as well. Well, so that's not amazing. starting to. I think Drew, they, they all have reasons to be begrudge her. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they hate her because she's enjoying herself? Is that what? What's well, going they on? hate her because she's not answering their calls. Of course, she can't because she's kept in this room, but they don't see it that way because, again, they're looking at the Instagram pictures until the third episode where Andrew looks at his phone and realizes that one of the pictures that she's in, uh, she's wearing the same sweatshirt that he has. So he's starting to realize that sorry, something's Sorry, Andrew. Up. Oh, Andrew is in Drew. Okay. Yeah, Drew. Yeah, the, they always call him Drew. So. One of the funniest parts of the first episode, though, was that Andrew's at, like, a family reunion. Um, and so then they start passing him this giant gift that's basically styrofoam. That Do you says, want to, like, his family is kind of upper class. Yeah. Right, and, and they hired this big time attorney for him in the last season, who actually turns out to be kind of a terrible attorney because he's so old. But uh, they they go to dinner at like Sardi's and like I think that's probably where they went to dinner here. But did the, you see the pictures on the wall, like of all the f- famous Broadway people? Uh, I didn't, I don't remember. Okay, go but ahead. I but they pass him this big styrofoam gavel that's about to hit this just like block, and it says yay, and it's supposed to like symbolize him not being guilty. Oh, yeah, because he's he feels the guilt because he he's the one who killed Keith, but under self-defense almost for his girlfriend at the time. But then instead of trying to call the police like he originally wanted to do, they didn't do that. The body was found. They were convicted or not convicted, but they were caught because of their fingerprints being all over the thing. He wanted to plead self-defense. Dory, at this point, I said, is completely in denial about it. She thinks that she's completely innocent of it. She wants to move past it. So she keeps on pleading innocence and saying that they didn't have anything to do with it. So Keith is definitely, sorry, not Keith, uh, Drew is definitely 
shown to be sort of the most grounded of the four. Right, but I think that the people that have the most interesting storylines are actually Elliot and Portia this season. Um, for one, well, they're the Elliot's the comic relief, and Portia's sort of the innocent bystander. Right, and what we see in Elliot's storyline is that he's on TV. He's on this very terrible like crossfire type. He's, TV he's on show. a right wing TV well, well, show. No, he's, he, no, no, it's a t- right wing TV channel that he was being interviewed by last season. But then he got a job there because of how well his dynamic fit with the Tommy Laren type <laughs> right. personality that he's going against. And the fir- and I think they're making fun of the walk away movement because at first he's a Democrat and like he's talking about climate change and all this stuff. But then the producers come to him and are like, you're doing great, but we want you to become more conservative. And then he's like, that doesn't actually fit with my ideology. And they're like, no, 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 but we think that it will actually work better that way. So then he starts becoming incredibly right wing and mm-hmm. saying that like gay shouldn't exist even though he himself himself is gay (laughs) well that's like milo whatever right right yeah and also when he's going to the studio there's a huge crowd of people that are like cheering him on because of the like decision making that he did to signify that with because they do a lot of outfits for him very flamboyant outfits Um, they also started parting his hair once he was conservative right. to the right as opposed yeah. to the left. I don't yeah. know if they no, said that in the show. I, they, they didn't. Okay. I, I think that that was probably just a subtle Yeah, shift. they do a lot of subtle stuff. They, like, have a famous painting show up in, like, one scene and then the next, and then the bedroom have that same layout of the painting of the fruit, like, oh, set yeah, up in the same yeah. way. Like, they're very specific about it, and it's super interesting how it's, not just this like comedy that TBS thought it was picking up originally. <laughs> yeah. It's it's actually much more again in depth. And Porsche's storyline is that they're going to be making a movie, I guess, about Dory murdering Keith Powell. Portia, like, yeah, she's an and, actress, and yeah. she's had all these little tiny bit roles. Is she still like super Christian right now? Uh, I didn't see that too much in this season, but so I, in in the. F- second season she kind of gets caught up in this manson murder type tv show that she's Mm -hmm. working on but the director is acting like charles manson and he's played (laughs) by jay duplass who is who is (laughs) actually directing the episodes i think as well Mm -hmm. that he's in yeah and it's just funny to see how vulnerable she is and then in the third season she's kind of like pressured by the um cops and the defense the prosecuting attorney to turn against her friends She's probably the one who's least changed throughout the entire series. Yeah, and and they're doing this movie where they're going to make it like a, a movie on Dory and Drew and how they murdered Keith Powell. Oh yeah, but so the, they cast her as like Dory, right? Well, yeah, but what they were, she wanted to play so herself. So it's become like a super meta show. Yeah, but she wanted to play herself, and they said that wasn't a good fit. That she should play Dory. Which reminded me a lot of first season of BoJack Horseman, where BoJack Horseman has to play Mr. Peanut Butter uh, yeah. instead of like playing himself in mm-hmm. that movie that they're making. Uh, and what do you what do you think they're making fun of before we go? Because she's going to play herself from the first few seasons. Is that how it works? She's going to play Dory. Yeah, that's what I mean. First few seasons. Well, they even she meets with the director, and the director wants to take a, a lot darker approach at Dory. For example, uh, Portia even brings up a scene in which she has to light out her cigarette on a squirrel's face. And she's like, that didn't actually happen. And then she keeps on bringing up these ridiculous scenes. And then the director gets mad at her because she's like, you're too attached to this project. And I told people that I didn't want to cast you, but they said that we should have someone who was actually there. And then she gets really mad. So I think that they're making fun of just like... These- they're making fun of culture. They're making fun of the LA writing team, but they're also making fun of millennials that's what the basis of the show is right and i think that you can even make a case that they're making fun of like spoon feeding the audience things because again that's what uh the director is talking about doing in these scenes like making dory incredibly evil even though she's not well 
it's a question of whether she is or not because she does murder someone. She pushes someone off a boat in the season two to protect her friends and herself from that person incriminating them. Yeah, I guess just from what I got from season four, she didn't seem that evil. Because again, I have sympathy for her because she's just literally stuck in this place. Yeah, you see her as a victim. But I don't want to give the wrong impression because although those storylines were good, I did find Dory's to be the most boring. For example, in the first episode, I already mentioned the pen. She tries to leave, she can't. In the second episode, she takes a shower because she shit herself in bed. And then he's like, okay, we need to get you cleaned up. She tries to leave like through the window that they have in the shower. It doesn't work and he catches her. In the third episode, she, like, is figuring out how to find sharp objects, and through this incredibly convoluted plan, she actually makes it out alive, and she gets inside one of these, like, hitchhiker cars, and this was a funny scene because the hitchhiker is, like, trying to figure out who she is, and then when he figures out who she is, he he recognized her from the TV earlier? Right, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, oh my god, I told people you were innocent, and he gets, like, just so, like, not uptight, but gets, like, out of control that he doesn't realize he's driving. Yeah, ecstatic, and, like... Very, causes very, a car accident. Yeah, and and then by the very end of the episode, Chip ends up finding Dory, and it's just like you can't. <laughs> that happens three times in three episodes. That's like I'm kind of game bored of that. But it also matter. might just be trying to trick you into thinking, oh, she's finally free. Oh, she's finally free. I mean, yeah, but that's such an annoying so thing. The, to the first happen. few episodes on IMDb are between sevens and eights. Like they have mid eights at the most. But episodes four through six of this season, which you didn't see, have higher ratings. So I don't know if we should have had you watch those as well. But I do feel like it would have been watching too much of a season, especially yeah, since I had watched the first three. And seasons it's only supposed to be ten episodes a season, right? Yeah, but then there's going to probably be a long wait because I don't think they've shot anything else. And it takes a while to write this. So the first season only took three weeks to write, but they had a ton of different types of writers on their staff. So they had, like, people from comedies and crime procedurals. Well, it has a lot of comedians, so I would expect that it would be, like, 90% comedians. Well, the backstory behind how the show was originally developed, um, you had Charles Rogers and Sarah Violet, who were at grad school at NYU, and they took a class from Michael Showalter, And then they went to go work for him on What Hot American Summer, and they had this pitched idea of this millennial-type show that was supposed to both be, like, showing millennials as self-absorbed as they are and made fun of in that way in our culture, but also very self-aware and self-critical. I think that it succeeds in that fact, at least for season four. Oh, definitely. But then it also takes this weird route to comedy where it relies on these awkward situations and not even absurdity. Um, that we're normally used to, which is like people making crazy decisions that make no sense and for the expense of laughter. Right, yeah. Well, like the craziest thing that happened last season was there was a, a tape played in the court trial. Some people found this as like jumping the shark of rationality, mm-hmm. yeah. but where they had reconstructed it because Dory had tried to destroy it. Mm-hmm. And it literally said, had her confession on it being like, we committed the murder. But because it had been reconstructed and it was a little like blurry, yeah. some people heard um, not we did we killed him, but we pancaked him. And what they did, <laughs> it wasn't like a they were making fun of the Laurel. Yeah, Annie Laurel, yeah, right. But in the, in the actual show, they switched out the word pancake when they played that part, so that people heard <laughs> like they were just so completely different words that mm-hmm. it, it was pretty funny to hear that. I kind of wish that I saw some of that creativity there because that seems pretty funny. Here, it didn't seem like well, they it was had more that courtroom many. drama. Like the show completely shifts genres on you. Yeah, and I would say from one scene to the next, like one scene can be pretty funny while the other scene is kind of just you know pretty scary at least. Yeah, and when in season two they decided to go with a completely different genre and start 
like referencing Hitchcock a lot to the point where they were showing like fractured mirrors and her falling backwards or committing suicide when she actually didn't. Oh, do you know who played Keith Powell? Do they show like him as a ghost? Because they tend to show people as ghosts in this. No, I, I don't. Okay, that was played by Ron Livingston. The guy yeah. from oh, Band of Brothers? Right, yeah. Funny. I saw him in the previously, and I was wondering if that was a guy from Friday Night Lights. Did you? Okay, okay Kyle Chandler. <laughs> Kyle Chandler? Yeah. No, they, I, I get where you're coming from there. Uh, the other person, do you recognize where you've seen um, Drew's character before, Josh Reynolds? No, I have no idea. Uh, he's one of the officers in Stranger Things. Like the incompetent. Oh, okay. Officers. He was a, yeah. He was the one that was I think was talking about jumping off the uh, cliff in the first episode. And then this season, his break is supposed to be because everybody is be, like broken at this yeah. point. They are psychologically a mess, like you were talking about. And his is to the point where he is taking a job, right? As yeah, he's taking a job at like this little kid's theme park where he plays this evil tiger who fights this other guy. <laughs> And he's like, basically, it's like if you've ever seen Blades of Glory, he's Will Ferrell at the beginning of that movie because he's always being booed, but he loves it for some reason. So. Well, it's not for some reason. It's because he's he feels guilty. Mm-hmm. And for, he, yeah, he even has a girlfriend. Uh, and but like the girlfriend, he he's using a fake name and everything, so no one knows his real past until the third episode when he admits it. So he just comes clean. Yeah, something that he's been trying to do the entire series, but hasn't been able to in other contexts right and so his girlfriend is like you killed someone and he's like yeah and he like explains his side part of the show as i was watching it it made me miss sort of the innocence of the first season because they could joke about people murdering someone without them feeling any guilt behind it but now as the show goes on you stop rooting for the characters at a certain point did you find yourself rooting for the main four uh actually not really for andrew um for dory kind of but her storyline kind of got long in tooth I, like i said elliot and porsche were the people that i liked most there was a funny scene in the first how, episode. how many scenes did you see porsche actually do from the thing you said the squirrel guy the the cigarette yeah the i'd say she's in like probably three scenes and they gave her like a wig for it right uh, but they haven't shot the movie yet. Oh, this they haven't shot the movie. Okay, but gotcha. in the first episode, they're going to do this not guilty party um, for Andrew and Dory. And basically, <laughs> they they get so mad at Dory for not showing up because, again, she's kidnapped that they, that Andrew, Elliot, and Portia all start making out. And that was funny because it was just like completely out of the blue. It reminds me in the first season how once they'd committed the murder, Keith had died. Um, Portia walks in with Chantel but she can't see them. And and Elliot's excuse for them not going into the kitchen is we're all naked and we were all make, making out or something. Like so, an orgy? Yeah, but it was so obviously a lie. Right. So yeah. it's funny how the show has progressed to a point where they can now actually be making out. It's weird. Yeah, well, again, this was just, they were all really drunk and really mad at Dory. So that's the reason why. It wasn't just like... I mean, Drew cheated on Dory before because of that same reason to get back at her when he had sex with Chantel or he had sex with one of the jury members from the previous season who turned out to be crazy. I want to mention Chip uh, just again because he he does a really good job in his role, but I found his character beyond the strengths of annoying. Like, I just that's wanted like him Chantel. to leave. That's like Chantel. Yeah, Chantel is beyond aggravating and annoying. Did you see her at all this season? Because she, no, she gets arrested for tax evasion at the end of the last I, season. I don't think that I saw her this season. So. Okay, did you see anybody named Gail? No. I'm just naming off the side characters. Julian? Was he in no, this? No, I, I really... So Julian was like sort of a main character in the first season, but then they couldn't really place him anywhere because he was too good of a person. So they just gave him a ton of money at the end of last, last season. And I <laughs> think left. his character, yeah, just disappeared. <laughs> Like, not in real life. I don't think they gave him that much contract. Right, money. well, yeah. But yeah, they were just like, we don't need you anymore. 
Um, something I should mention is that they are also doing a podcast about this. Bowen Yang is doing it. He's the guy who was cast in SNL, uh, like, in is the last the, couple seasons. He's the Asian guy, right? Yeah, he's the Asian yeah. guy. And uh, he actually is talking to other SNL members and people in the cast about the okay. show before the fourth season. He hasn't actually done an episode about the fourth season yet. Oh, okay. So, yeah, are they so going through it? Are they going through it episode by episode? No, like, that's what I thought they were doing. But then apparently they're just going through like different states of denial and the psychology behind it, like playing the victim. And there's a lot to be said about it. But at the same time, it does sort of become repetitive. If but I had, it is interesting to listen to the actual people who play the characters talk about what they were doing while these scenes were shot. If I had to give an overall rating to the first three episodes, I would say like a seven out of 10. I, it's more on the good side. I think the pros do outweigh the cons. There's just a couple story uh, aspects and some jokes that just don't work. But... Were there any special guest stars that you weren't expecting to see? Like in the first season, you had Griffin Newman, who plays Arthur in The Tick, and he played a hilarious version of Chantel's ex-boyfriend who's like got anger problems. And the... then you also had Chelsea Peretti show up and, and the people come up from everywhere. Like that... the girl from No Activity was there. I don't think that there was actually any guest stars that I saw from the first three episodes. You know, when we went to that improv show in New York, um, one of the people, Zach Cherry, he's been in like Succession and such. I keep on seeing him pop right, up yeah, in different places. Yeah. Uh, he plays a character called Duncan in the show, but he was only there for the first season and it was, was just a bit Was the whole first part. season? Oh, okay. No, it was only like three episodes. No, okay. But a lot of these characters come from like comedies so it's funny to see them play some dramatic roles in this like, right uh, it, obviously you recognize maybe as the main right, character from arrested, arrested development. development but she does a terrific job making you not think of her as the same person yeah they're very very and they different. didn't write the part for her she just fit it very well so did, when did she audition for it yes i believe so and then the other i think the only ones who knew each other were the people who played elliot and portia beforehand yeah they have good chemistry together so i'm not surprised mm-hmm. uh, do they but do they've a- they've appeared in a lot of shows together and that's another thing i wanted to point out is that this show the way that you can tell that it makes his genre so well is that it you can compare it to virtually everything like i just kept on writing shows and seeing references and other reviews that kept on using so first of all it's compared to girls because you have the new york streets you have the bikes they even talk about scaffolding making fun of it um you have subways and street performers and crowds it's very authentic in that way kind of like broad city as well yeah i can see definitely in fact comparison. A couple of them have been on Broad City. I was going to say, yeah. Uh, there are also a bunch of times where you're seeing the show not only make fun of things, but also show things. Like, they, there's a scene where they're watching Lady Bird. <laughs> okay, yeah. Do they pay homage to anything? Uh, yeah, they're paying homage to things all the time. Well, I meant in the first three seasons. Yes, I literally told you the Nancy Drew thing was being right. made. Yeah, and I, and then the Hitchcockian thing. Like, it's just constant homage. Um, but then you also have, like, Dead to Me because they're covering up the body. Right, yeah. And then you have Fargo which is very also kind of like the comedy and also destruction of someone's like sanity as uh-huh. as you watch it happen yeah. and then you have desperate housewives in a, in a way so you have like a ton of these aren't even like just from comedy central or like you have from all different channels all different types of tv show like the tropes mhm there was one <laughs> there was one scene in the previous season where Elliot was being uh, interviewed by the cops about the murder. Mm -hmm. And this is the same interview where Portia, in the other room, kind of admits to it all, and she gets the deal, the plea deal. Right. (laughs) But what they do is they try to trick him with the old, like, well, you you know that water that we gave you? We ran the fingerprints, and I was stalling you just now, and we found all your fingerprints all over the body. Mm -hmm. And his response was, and this is with, I think, Chelsea Peretti in the room, is, I don't have fingerprints. And then, <laughs> and then he, like, pushed up his hands, and they were, like, completely 
like oh, after their, nice. no, no, it, they weren't gross or anything it just showed that like he had burned them off <laughs> when he was like i don't know three or something which actually doesn't work i've looked this up before for, well, yeah for, for other reasons like you do <laughs> but again that's making fun of those procedurals that always should, like yeah that i always... know that sarah was one of the writers or the creators of the show literally would watch a lot of dateline to also prepare for things that they'd write, especially when they were talking about seeing a guilty party try to plea innocent. So they really did do their research because, yeah. So much research. That's why you got to respect the show, even if you don't like it. What's the what's the reviews for the show say? Um, all the people who, it, the brilliant, I guess, in a way, but at the same time, people who just watch it for comedy don't like it. Well, I would assume so, yeah. It's not, it's not just something, it's not an easy watch, I'll say that. Like, every episode feels like you're getting over it's something. It's unfair to have assigned you the fourth season, but again, that's, the intriguing thing to me is what brought me to watch the first three seasons. I really wanted to see how everything was different. So are you going to watch the fourth season then? Yes, I will watch the fourth season. Most of the time, I don't look forward to the cringe comedy but when I'm watching it, it's still very funny. It, uh, but if I'm they more do it driven right. by the plot. Yeah, if they do it right, they... Like, they thought it. originally that they were they knew where the show was going to go, but I'm not sure if that's still the same mission. Like, well, after, from, at the end of season one, Michael Showalter had an interview where he said that they had... They knew where it was going to end. And that's... Even if they didn't get renewed, the fact that they were following that trajectory was what guided them on the show. Now, I'm not sure by season four if they're still following that same initiative. I mean, from the... it seems pretty out there. Yeah, from the roots of the show, it seems like they kind of distanced themselves away from where they were originally. But it's so sad because the main characters, too, have become pathological liars. All of them were. Like, Elliot was completely a pathological liar to begin with. But to see them also descend, especially, like, Dory just to become this kind of like she murdered a previous version of herself yeah. very similar to how dave does that in his show where he you see him like and black swan yeah. yes the, 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 it's a reference they've done it in a ton of things um it, but it's just kind of a, an eroded personality of hers and, and it's sad to see mm-hmm. i don't know if they can ever come back from what's happened i, I doubt that they so can. you think it's going to end in a depressing way then like you can't see it ending with all of them being happy i they've bonded over something very traumatic but they've also lost themselves along the way, which is funny because the whole millennial initiative that they were trying to promote was trying to find their identity. Like, Dory in the first season wasn't really trying to find Chantel. She was trying to find herself. Yeah. She barely even knew Chantel. She just saw a missing poster and remembered her roommate from a few years ago and was like, okay, we have to do this. So her mission has become just so misguided. And, and it's it, what do you think Chip's character is going to add to her? Like, oh, is it going to make know, her? Is gonna, it going to draw her back into reality? You think? I can't. I can't see that happening. He's such a crazy character. I mean, again, he's dressing up as his like grandma and like trying to speak to people like he is. I, I can't see him adding anything to Dory's life, but really just pain. So, where do you think it's going to go in the next couple episodes? I expect Chip to meet his downfall at least by the end of the season, and Dory. I feel like it's going to end with Dory finally meeting up with everyone, and then like her having to explain herself, and either them accepting that or not. This is the type of show I look forward to finding when we're doing these podcasts because I wouldn't normally find them throughout my day to day life, and uh, it's like primal with you. Um, you probably wouldn't have enjoyed it to the same extent either because you realize how much work goes into it. Well, this show has been compared to Utopia in that you're <laughs> supposed to go into it blind. 
Yeah, it, because the more you learn about it, the worse off. Like the, there goes the mystery. Right, of course. Yeah, I, like the huge thing about like Chip and also Dory's storyline is what's going to happen. You get one of those things ruined for you, it's not going to be as good. So yeah, I'm not feeling the Chip and Dory cliffhanger as much as the first few seasons. The first season again, what are we gonna do about this dead body? Second season is oh no, they caught us. <laughs> How are we gonna get out of this? So, like, it, they had some pretty big cliffhangers before this. So, I, given that the rest of the characters aren't really in danger anymore, it, it just feels, like, a little bit less uh, crazy. But, I mean, I'll still watch it. I was probably, I was just talking about from what I saw. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. I urge people to check out the series for themselves because we're not going to touch upon a lot of the stuff of, like, that. It's it's hypercritical in, the way, in a way, but the way that it forms society and kind of shows all these different characters as archetypes, but not versions that are so outrageous that we can't put ourselves in their position. Like, if you see Ken Marino playing someone in Children's Hospital, you, you're not going to be like, oh, yeah, I can see myself doing right. that. Right. When I when I was seeing Dory, I was putting myself in her shoes, being like, yeah, this is this is crazy. Or if you see Drew and, like, when he found out that he was uh, going to go to trial and stuff like that, you saw a number of times him just try to back out and get away from Dory. And you were like, yeah, I can totally sympathize with that and understand where he's coming from. Doesn't mean that you'd make all the same decisions as them, but it's it's worth a watch if you guys haven't seen it. And uh, thanks for listening to our podcast. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.